we'll be going and looking at those five questions and giving you what I believe are God's answers to each one of those questions. You know, what is the meaning of life? Which will lead to the question, does God really exist? Do all religions lead to God? Why is there evil? And is there anything after death? These are great questions that I bet most all of us have thought about, one or more of them, maybe all of them, in our lives. And I guarantee you, the world out there that doesn't know the Lord is asking the same questions. They're looking for answers to all these questions. And we wanted to let you see where we're headed so that you can invite people to come when you come in contact with them. Don't just invite them to church. As I said last week, they don't need another meeting. What they're looking for is community and answers, things that are relevant to their life. And I believe these five questions are really relevant to everybody's life. So this morning, I'm going to start with what is the meaning of life? And if you've been asking that question, this is your blessed day because we're going to tell you what the meaning of life is. You don't have to climb a mountain in the Himalayas and look at some little half-dressed man sitting on a rock, fully dressed. What is the meaning of life? Does it even have meaning? Does it matter if it has meaning? Is it even possible to know? what the meaning of life is, if there is meaning. And if there is meaning to life, is it the same for everybody? Is the meaning of life through Mike the same as the meaning of life for each one of you? Or is it all different? You know, there is something in humankind that that has caused mankind to ask these questions. There's a search that's going on in most of our hearts, most of our minds, for significance and meaning. There's this, I call it innate restlessness, a sort of uncomfortable dissatisfaction, or even a lack of fulfillment, no matter how good or how successful or how whatever it is that you've strived for, it it doesn't matter how close you've come to achieving it, or even if you've achieved it, you've already discovered, gee, there could be more of the same thing. You know, it's reality. After every mountaintop, there's a big valley. What is the meaning of life? St. Augustine wrote these words. He said this, the heart of man is restless. The heart of man is restless. Man has been trying to answer this question philosophically. These great, well, or self-described great philosophers have come up with all kinds of answers. We're just going to look at a few to see which one of them you like, because that seems to be what it boils down to. First one is from Tolstoy, Russian. He said, the sole meaning of life is to serve humanity. Sounds great, but what if I live in a part of the world there's not much humanity around? Do I have no meaning? What if the humanity I am around rejects me? Do I have no meaning? I don't know. Joseph Campbell. Life has no meaning. This sounds like a philosopher to me. Life has no meaning. Each of us has meaning. And we bring it to life. It's a waste to be asking the question when you already are the answer. 
Everybody got that? Perfect. I'm not sure he was convinced because here's another one of his statements. He says the meaning of life is whatever you ascribe it to be. I thought it was me. Whatever you ascribe it to be, being alive is the meaning. Brilliant. Glad I'm so stupid. Dalai Lama. What is the meaning of life? To be happy and useful. Wouldn't you be disappointed if you climbed the Himalaya mountains and got that? (laughs) Be happy. Be useful. Great. Another quote of his said this, the meaning of life is happiness. At least he was consistent. Hard question is not what is meaning of life. No. Hard question is what make happiness. (laughs) This is a question all human beings must be trying to answer. What make true happiness? How many want to choose that one? Happiness. Boy, it's about as fleeting as anything can get. If that's the meaning of life, man, oh man, my life is going to be a roller coaster that's going to lead me into the depths of depression. Novalis says, only an artist can interpret the meaning of life. No offense to my creative artists here, but I know a lot of artists, so I'm not going to let define my meaning of life. I look at those canvases filled with globs of paint. I think, there I am. <laughs> so if only artists can define it, let's look at Pablo Picasso. The meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away. What have I got left? What if I can't find it? What if I use it up? And James Fry says this, what is the meaning of life? Whatever you want it to be. I choose that one. At least it's easy. It'll probably stink, but it's easy. And the big question mark, what is the meaning of life for you? Which would certainly seem to imply that your meaning of life and my meaning of life is different. Or certainly can be. A couple more contemporary Philosophers, how many of you recognize this next picture? Anybody know who he is? The great philosopher Tom Brady, quarterback of the New England Patriots. Look at those fingers and those rings. The ring salesman. He could be. I can only imagine how much money is on those fingers. He's won five. He's been the quarterback of the Patriots. They've won five Super Bowls. Pretty impressive, especially if you're a Viking fan. (laughs) Oh, did you guys all hear that cackle from a Green Bay Packer fan? We have it coming. Tom Brady was being interviewed after his third Super Bowl win. And the interviewer, of course, is flowery and complimentary and, and just going on and on about Tom Brady's success. And Brady says to him, you know, I believe there must be something more out there for me. Well, the interviewer goes, well, Tom, what is it? And his response was, God, I wish I knew. Five Super Bowl rings, a gorgeous wife, money to burn, fame, fortune, you name it, he's got it. I wish I knew. 
The next one's an even more impressive philosopher, one of my favorites, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> he might have been the star of Dumb and Dumber, but the words I'm going to quote are so filled with wisdom that we all need to grab a hold of them and try to comprehend what he really saying. He said this, I hope that everybody can be rich and famous and can have everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it's not the answer. Fame, fortune, popularity, power, whatever it is, we do not have to look far in our culture. Most of those people that we adore spend 70, 80, 90, 100 dollars going to their concerts. We jump up and down and scream. They're miserable. Half of them are on drugs when you go. Just to get through the act. The movie stars that we all admire so much and we love to buy all their movies. They're getting divorced, they're doing drugs, they're cheating on their wives, they're, ha- they're pedophiles, you name it. They're doing it all. They're doing they're, they're killing themselves. What is the meaning of life? They're all searching for the meaning of life. And I love what Jim Carrey says. I wish you'd get it all, because then you'd realize it's none of those things. So the question has to be, what is it? What is the meaning of life? Well, let me ask it first. What gives anything meaning? What gives anything meaning? What gives the number three meaning? What gives the letter A meaning? What gives that music stand meaning? The microphone, meaning. None of these things have meaning in and of themselves. They're just stuff. Letters and words are just a bunch of slashes on a piece of paper with a piece of lead or ink. They have no meaning unless people give them meaning. Someone who never had seen one of these things and and had never experienced anything like what we're so used to in our culture, we showed him that and said, what is it? Man, we might get the craziest answers you ever heard of. A chair that doesn't work. You name it. But it has meaning because we give it meaning. So really, meaning, meaning comes out of and is divined by personhood. We are what give things meaning. It's a product of a person, whoever created it, whoever the author of it was, whoever the artist is, gives something meaning. Human beings, that'd be us, get so used to giving everything meaning that we think we can give life meaning. We give meaning to everything. What's that mean? Well, I think, I don't care what you think. Tell me what it really means. Well, in my opinion, that's nice. Everybody's got one, and we know the rest of that. But what does it really mean? We can all be very subjective and answer that question subjectively. What is the meaning of life? Well, I think, I think it's this. I think it's being a pastor and, and building up a church so there's 6,000 seats and 
boy, until I get there, I've not really achieved the meaning of my life, but that's where it's going. And you know what? You get there, you have a church with 6,000 people in it, it really should be 12 or 14,000. Or I've already fallen into sin and I'm already out of the ministry because I couldn't handle the pressure. The meaning of life. What is it? Building a business, having a whole bunch of money, getting a bigger home. All those things. Meaning of life. We think we can define it because we define the meaning of so many other things. But we can't. Anytime we give meaning to something, it's just subjective, right? It's subject to what I think it means. What's the meaning of something? Now, we get so used to some things having meaning that it's obvious in our, in our world or our culture. Like if we all are driving down the road and we see a sign and it has the letters S-T-O-P on it, it has meaning. Unless you've never, ever looked at the English alphabet and don't understand how to read English. Then it just looks like a bunch of letters. You've been in a foreign country and there's a sign. Hey, what the heck does that mean? How can you get so many letters on a sign? Well, to somebody, it means something. Because meaning's been assigned to it by people. To get an objective answer to the question about what something is. Take a painting. I think I have a painting picture. I like Terry Redland. I know the picture's not the clearest. But what's the meaning of that picture? Well, what does it mean to you is usually the next thought or question. What does it mean to you? As we all look at the picture, our eyes might be drawn to a different part of the picture. Wow, look at that beautiful sunset. Isn't that amazing? The creator of whoever created that, wow, it's like a, it's just gorgeous. We see the warm looking home. Wouldn't you love to live in that home? This is what a home, the meaning there is this is what a home's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to feel like. You can just see yourself inside there. Well, then somebody's drawn to the dock, and you see these, all these people and the dog on the dock, and you go, you know, that's, the meaning of this is family needs to do things together. And we can just go on and on and on and on, and we all have meaning. How do we get objective? How do we discover what the meaning really is? We asked Terry Redland. Well, he's not alive, right? So I've never talked to him. But he named that painting Training. See the dog? The dog is being trained to retrieve. So he may have had a lot of other meaning, but that was his objective meaning, training. We could all subjectively give our opinions, but until we go to the artist, that's all it is, is subjective. What is the meaning of life? How do we ever discover what the meaning of life really is? Subjectively, we can all give it meaning. If you're an athlete, you want to be an all-star. You want to have the biggest contract. You want to set all the records. If you're an artist, you want the paintings that everybody's going to stand and look at, and they're all going to know your name. And you know what? Even if you're Michelangelo, and nobody forgets what you've done, eventually that's all going to dissolve and be gone. Even if it lasts another thousand years, eventually it's going to be gone. A lot of people want to build a legacy. I'm okay with that, but it better not be your meaning in life. Because whatever your legacy is, however big you build your company, however much of an imprint you make in a particular part of society or in the culture, people are going to forget. And if they don't forget, 
it's all going to be destroyed anyway, too. That's not the meaning of life. Objectively, how do we discover the meaning of life? There's only one way. Look to the author. The author of life. The giver of life. The creator of life. That's the only place. Psalms 100 verse 3 says this. Know that the Lord is God, and it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It's he who made us. He is the author. He is the creator. He is the one who designed you and me, gave us life, gave us breath, and gave us meaning. In Revelation 4.11, You are worthy, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created. You created all things. You and I are a part of all things. You have created all things, and that verse ends with, and you are what has given us our being. You have given us life. You are a creator. You've given us purpose. You have given us meaning. You've given us our being. We exist because of you. You are the author and the creator of this amazing thing in all of creation, humans, us, you and me, we're it. If God doesn't exist, and we'll really tackle that next week, but if God doesn't exist, life has no meaning. If evolution and us coming out of the primordial muck were true, You have to decide where the primordial muck came from. And eventually you get back to something came out of nothing, which is impossible, but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. If nothing creates something, that something is another form of nothing. I could get a slide up there with that line. (laughs) It's nothing. If God doesn't exist, there is no meaning to life. You ever heard of nihilism, a belief system? It's really depressing. If you, if you easily, your mood is changed by reading something, don't read this. Nihilism basically says that all life is nothing. Nothing has any value whatsoever. You have no value. Your dreams and visions have no value. Nothing matters. We're all just here, and then we're all just going to leave. And que sera, sera. Nothing. And that's the case if God doesn't exist. However, if we are the product of the creator, if we are the product of the author and giver of life, if we are, there is in us an innate meaning to life. And if it's in us because he created us with meaning, he gave all life meaning, if it is, there's this desire in all human beings to know what it is. Isn't it amazing? Everybody wants the answer to that question. They all want to be satisfied. We all want to be fulfilled. We all want to feel good about who we are. The meaning of life. It's no wonder everybody asks the question. It's innate in us to want a desire to know what it is because God has given all life meaning. This is the reason that there's so much restlessness. This is the reason there's such a feeling of lack of fulfillment even amongst those that we look at as like, wow, have they made it. They've got everything. Life must be good. No, it's not. 
not if they don't know the meaning of life. So how do we fulfill this desire to know the meaning of life? It's kind of an obvious chain of events, isn't it? If I want to know the meaning of life, and there's an author, what do I need to do? I need to know the author. I need to know the creator. I need to know the one who that, is, that has made us and defines us. I need to know. To discover the meaning of life, you have to discover the author and the creator of that life. Period. He is the author of life. In, in Acts 3, verse 15, Peter is talking, and it's in his second sermon, and he's been, been confronted by the religious people, of course. And he says to them, you killed the author of life. He doesn't say you really killed a good man. You really killed an innocent man. You really killed an amazing prophet. You just killed the most amazing doctor there ever was. He raised people from the dead. He says, no, you killed the author of life. The creator of life. And if that be true, he is the creator, he is the author. What did he say the meaning of life is? In 1 Peter 4, Peter kind of reiterates the same thing. He writes these words. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Our creator and author. God is our creator and author. Jesus is our creator and author. So it should make me and you want to know why he created me. Why did he create you? It wasn't just to take up space. He created us with meaning. Life has meaning. And here it is, and then I'll explain it a little bit more. Here it is, the meaning of life. Ready? Write it down. So profound, and it is. But it's so simple, we miss it. The meaning of life is a relationship with God and a relationship with other people. That is the meaning of life. Why do I know that? Because that's what God says. As a matter of fact, if you read the Bible all the way through, Genesis to Revelation, you know what you see? And this is simplified, I understand that. But what you see is a series of stories about God in relationship with people, people in relationship with people, God restoring relationship with people and eventually coming back to spend eternity with people in relationship. There it is. It's about relationship. You are created, I am created to have a relationship with God and to have relationship with other people. And the other people relationship is going to falter and not be fulfilling unless we have the relationship with the author. God going to the author. So Jesus and the meaning of life. If you go online and go to Right Now Media, go to the Thinking Series, there's video, there's all kinds of things you can look at. And a lot of what I'm using, probably 75% of it, comes from there. So you can go there and look. But he talks about two stories, or two situations in the Gospel of Mark and they're both in the 12th chapter. These are two exchanges between Jesus and a group of Pharisees and Herodians 
and then the second one with a scribe or a teacher. And, you know, they were always trying to stump him, get him in trouble, get him to say something so they could arrest him and kill him. So in Mark chapter 12, verse 13, and I'm going to go ahead and read this. It says, a little bit later, they sent some Pharisees. The religious people did. They sent some Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. Boy, flattery sets a good trap, doesn't it? You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to what they are or who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Flattery. Then comes the trap. They set the trap. It says, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we pay? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy, and he says, why are you trying to trap me? Bring me a denarius or bring me a coin. And he says, let me look at it. They brought him the coin, and he asked them this simple question. Who's portrait, whose picture is on the coin, and whose inscription? And of course, they answered, Caesar. Then Jesus said to them, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And the last few words of that section of scripture are this, and they, meaning the people that were listening, were amazed at this answer. That word can mean they marveled greatly at this answer. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at that answer and say, good answer, Jesus. But I'm not utterly amazed. I'm not marveling and saying, wow, only God could have came up with that. So why were the people so amazed? Why did they marvel at him saying, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar? See the picture? That's his picture. That's his image. Give it to him. But those who belong to God need to give their life to him. When a Jewish mind would have heard whose image is it, they would have immediately went to the Old Testament because they would have known this, exactly what Jesus was saying. In the garden, he says, let us make man in my image. He actually said, our image. And then he goes on and says, in our image and in our likeness, he made man. We are created and made in the image of God. And God himself, with my little bit of understanding of his existence, I know this much, he gives us an example, probably the best you could ever have, of relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in unity and relationship for eternity. And we are made in his image. So when the Jewish people heard Jesus give what we say, yeah, good answer, they were going, oh my gosh, yeah. That belongs to Caesar. We're God's people. We belong to him. We need to give our lives to him. We need to be in relationship with him. We need to have intimate fellowship with him. That's what we're created for. It's the meaning of life. And if that wasn't clear enough, he goes on a little bit later in Mark chapter 12. And he says this, starting in verse 28. One of the teachers of the law, or you may say a scribe in your translation, one of the teachers of the law or a scribe came to Jesus. 
And he had heard them debating. And he says to Jesus, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, it's really a trap again, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Of all the commandments, he asked, of all the commandments, of all the important things in life meant to a Jewish person, the law was everything. The law was supposed to be able to keep them in some sort of relationship with God, even though they couldn't possibly keep it. Therefore, all the sacrificial stuff had to take place. But they understood. So there's, and every one, every letter of the law had to be followed. Oh, what a miserable life. And they asked him, which is the greatest commandment? Which is the one that tells us how we should live? Which one of them gives meaning to life? Which one gives meaning to life? It was everything for the Jew to keep the law. It was how they were to live. Which one gives meaning to life? And he says, this is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Relationship with God. What is the meaning of life? Relationship with God. And the next one, the second one is this. Love your neighbor relationship with people as yourself. This is the meaning of life. Relationship with God, relationship with other people. Until there's a relationship with God, relationship with other people will not be what it's designed to be. Simple, isn't it? The meaning of life. Don't ever ask that question again. But be quick to answer it for anybody who does. What is the meaning of life? Relationship with God, relationship with other people. I want to ask one last question as I close here. One more question, then no more questions. Here it is. Don't answer it. It's a setup. Do you need to believe in God for life to have meaning? Do you need to believe in God for life to have meaning? First response for most of us would probably yes. The answer is no. No. My belief in God does nothing to do with giving my life meaning. If God is the creator and author, he created all things for his glory. Anything he created, any person, any unbeliever, any believer, we are created and the meaning of life is to have relationship with him and other people. So it's not dependent upon whether we believe in him or not. It's did he or didn't he give meaning to life. And he did. However, you knew there had to be a however, didn't you? Or a but. However, without relationship with God, through Jesus Christ, without that, the meaning of life will be missed. There will always be a void. There will always be a level of unfulfillment and always be a level of dissatisfaction that people will continually try to fill with something else. Some of it very destructive in their own lives. Some of it may be less destructive, but it will never, ever bring 
fulfillment. So meaning to life has nothing to do with whether I believe in God or not, but to experience it has everything to do with relationship with him. Remember the St. Augustine quote I shared earlier? Who remembers? Good, I can preach this sermon again next week. (laughs) The heart of man is restless. But that's not the whole quote. The heart of man is restless until it rests in him. Until it rests in God. There's a reason there's so much crap in the lives of people in the world today. Is that one of those words I'm... They're gone? Okay, good. There is so much stuff in our life. The world, the world is continually looking for meaning, and they're looking in all the wrong places, and they're never satisfied, ever. And they won't be. You won't be. I wouldn't be until we first have a relationship with God. And there's only one way to have a relationship with God. Only one way. It's not try harder. It's not pray more. It's not read more. It's not get baptized. It's not go to church. It's not to get confirmed. It's not to marry a Christian. None of those things work. Only way to have a relationship with God is to realize you and I are sinners and we need to repent and confess our sin before God and accept the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on that cross. He died in my place. And accept that gift and offer of salvation and then surrender my life to him. And the relationship with God has begun. And everything we do from there on brings us closer and closer into intimacy with him. The beautiful thing about this is once we are in relationship with God, relationship with other people, Everything in life has meaning. Everything. The good things have meaning. The bad things in life have meaning. Because the meaning is my relationship. He's with me during the good things. He's with me during the bad things. He's with me always. So the question that we need to close, I can't ask another question. I promised. The only way is a relationship with Christ. And if you haven't taken that step, I encourage you to do that. Ask someone, ask me, ask anybody else, how do I do that? I didn't really ask that question. I just said it so it sounded like I did. So let's close in prayer. Lord, I am so thankful that you have declared that there is meaning to my life, to our life. And that meaning is in our relationship with you. God, I thank you that you have reached out to us while we were still sinners and rescued us so that we might experience the meaning of life. God, I pray that if there's anyone here that has never accepted the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, his death, resurrection, that day would be the day they would do it, that they may begin to also experience and walk in that relationship that brings meaning to life. Lord, I pray that you would increase our understanding of what that means and how it should also play out in our relationships with other people.
Lord, I pray these things that it would bring you glory and honor. God, I pray you would equip us, give us the understanding to share with, share with those who might come and ask that very question that don't know Jesus, that we do have the answer to the meaning of life. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.